my good sis, my good, good sis. Welcome back to another episode of the My Good Sis podcast, a self-care podcast empowering women to become unapologetically themselves. I'm back, people. I'm back. I've missed you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. It will be episode 10. It's only taken me like three months but we're here. It is the finale of season one. <laughs> I guess that's what we should call it. I've missed you. It's so good to be back recording. It's so good to be in your headphones, in your speakers, in your cars. I appreciate you massively. I have been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot. Lots has been going on. I'm not going to bore you. I'm not going to... Um, what? Just woke up going to stuff my face. We'll call you in. You see, when you get these kind of messages, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We just need to not let people chat shit to us. How did you just wake up? What are you talking about? I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but this leads me nicely and naturally with no script into boundaries and being taken for idiot and puppy show. Being taken for puppy show means, (laughs) you know, it doesn't even make sense as a sentence. It doesn't even make sense because a puppy show, by my um, understanding, is that, what do you call it? Is it Crufts? Crufts is like a dog's, um, it's a dog's obstacle course whereby, you know, um, it's it's these cute dogs or, or puppies or whatever of all breeds and kinds, um, and they're competing against each other and these obstacles and what they can do and like, how well they've been taught. So in the English language, I would say that a puppy show is the equivalent to a crust performance show. However, um, in, in, in the Caribbean dictionary... Uh, which is also the English language, <laughs> with a twist, uh, it means that you're taking me for a fool. Which actually, now I've broken down Crufts and <laughs> Puppy Show. Hold, hold, just, just bear with me, because I feel like I've got a point here. Crufts in the Londoners' Urban Dictionary, South London specifically, is a description of an ancient man, a dusty man, a cruff. He's musty, he's dusty, he's a cruff, he ain't no good. He's like a scrub almost. Scrub, you know, scrub from like TLC, right, okay. So that's a cruff, right? So if a puppy show is the cruff's show, then it makes sense. (laughs) Then it all makes sense. Hold on a minute. So yeah, it is the puppy show. It is. I'm being taken for puppy show because a craft is performing and is trying to chat shit to me. Totally unscripted. So there's a gem. Let's stay using puppy show because as much as it might not make sense on, you know, on the surface, once you dissect it how I have just done, you get the true definition of a cruff trying to play you and take you around some 
some obstacle course. Oh my God. I feel like I need like some kind of sound man in the background, some kind of DJ who's going to drop a bomb right now. Because that, I mean, that's, that's, that's bars. That's amazing. Welcome to my world. That's how it is to be in my head. <laughs> you just happened to hear a little bit of it in, in, in real time. I guess it's real time. Anyway, I'm back. I love you. Thank you for tuning in to my 10th episode. I'm not going to make promises. I'm not going to say anything else. Just keep your notification bells on, on Spotify, on, on, uh, not iPod. What is it called? (laughs) Or on um, Apple Podcasts, on Instagram, on all of the platforms that will inform you that there is a new episode. Keep it open. You know, like keep it, keep it there, so you will be notified, and that's all I'm going to say because I'm, I'm not. I hate this cycle that I'm trying to break, whereby I overpromise and underdeliver, um, and I'm speaking about it in therapy, and my therapist is lit because she wants to connect everything back to childhood or a trauma or something that may, um, have triggered this kind of behaviour, and how she unpicks things it's like it's like an onion it's like oh my god that's why I'm doing it so I'm on the journey of self-awareness and I'm being super transparent about these things that I am I'm learning about myself and you know I have made myself some promises and some goals I have set some goals and I've employed myself I am my employee I'm not employed by just a job or just a company anymore whereby I've got to go and, and like perform and turn up and hit targets and, and get results. I am my own employee. I, 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 I've, I've hired myself. Um, and I had to do a lot of work on my CV because at one point I didn't feel hireable. You know those things that you put in your CV where you're like, yeah, I'm really punctual. <laughs> I'm always on time, super organised, so reliable, really integral, um, excellent at Excel. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay. You're always late. You are tardy for the party all the time. That's me. And you know what? I've just stopped apologising. I've stopped making excuses. I just say, thank you for waiting for me because I always say, yeah, I'm going to be there at this time. I'm going to be at that time, whatever. And it's in, in my head, I can get anywhere in London in 10 minutes. Worst case scenario, 15. So when I'm in an Uber and it's like half an hour later, I'm really confused because I had my little lay-in. I snoozed a few times. Then I had a bit of like procrastination and then I showered and, and that was epic and long. And then I had a tea, which I sipped for more sips actually than it needed to be sipped. And then I had, um, and then what did I do? Um, and then I changed my outfit. And then I like decided that I didn't like it, but I pushed through anyway. And then I ummed and odd, and then I left the house. Then I get into the Uber and I'm like, get there. What are you talking about? Can you, what app are you using? Is it Google or is it Apple? Is it Waze? Use Waze. 
No, we can't use ways. Use ways. Listen, let me put my ways on and I can direct you because I need to get there 10 minutes ago. Well, you need to order another Uber because I'm not going through congestion and very, very, very. Yeah. Horrible. Not punctual at all. Excel, me. I even done an Excel course on some kind of like open learning, like a part of a previous job. And um, I think I'd done advanced definitely not advanced but my cv will tell you that i'm and that i'm advanced and i'm punctual um i do have integrity i've got masses of um of of the stuff i believe in authenticity and that is linked with being integral honest and your truest self and this is all part of it um so i've had to look at my my real cv the true cv of my good sis not just really good really proficient with all ms uh uh, packages, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, bruv, I can just about, I can do you a few slides. I can make it look a bit pretty and stuff. But I don't ask things to start bouncing around the slides. And, you know, like when you click a remote, it fades away and the text rises up. Don't ask me to do that. Don't. Because I can't. Anyway. <laughs> so, I've in this time that I've been away, among other things, I've been doing my CV my life honest CV, where it looks at um, goals, where I'm at, where I want to be, what I really have to do to get there, what personality traits, what characteristics, what habits have to die, what have to be formed. You know, um, I've had to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because obviously in your comfort zone, there's no growth. So I've just had to be really raw with myself and I've had the support of my therapist and this is why I have one. And I didn't know this until this part of the journey, so I'm not bragging. But in my first consultation with her, um, she asked me why I wanted to have therapy and I was like, I've done so much of the work by myself. I feel like I need help just getting over this next hurdle, this next leg. Um, And this is what it looks like. And I didn't know and I feel so freaking liberated and now I can sit in it now I can tell you about it and in lots of my sessions she I always say to her um okay okay so now I know that what do I do what do I do now and she's like you you just sit in it and I and I'm looking at her like I just sit in it I've been sitting in it that's why I've made all of these mistakes (laughs) Like, you know, it's why I'm so heavy and burdened and stressed. Um, uh, But she's like, no, you just have to sit in it. You just have to sit in it. Um, And now you know, you're aware and you can do certain things about it. You can, you know, and it's the truest word. It's the truest word. I'm so black and white. I don't see grey. I'm black and white. And I'm like, okay, here's a problem. What do I do? And I often give myself homework. All right, I'm going to write a list of those things. All right, I'm going to write a letter. All right, I'm going to do that. She's not giving me any of that, you know. It's because my brain, it it feels so uncomfortable at times to just sit in it. But now I can sit in it. I can move through it. I can work through it. I can address it. And if I can see myself doing it, feel myself doing it, um, then I can stop myself and I can challenge my own behaviour. So... That CV, it, it, it says that I'm late. It says that I've got debt. It says that I want to save more. It says that, you know, really deep truths about myself. Um, a lot of the lies that I tell myself about myself. Um, there's ego and 
how much it has kept me trapped in 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 certain modes of suffering because it's it, it's there and I use that as like a veil but you know like with some things not with all things you know and listen it's lit it's lit so you know if 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 you want if you would find it helpful part of your self-awareness journey without the help of a therapist if you're not ready for that yet um would be to write a personal cv who are you without your education who are you without your credentials who are you without your work experience you know um and don't write it in third person those cvs that say nicola is really good at excuse me speaking first person who are you write a personal cv and it's and it and it will be beautiful in parts and it will be ugly in others but it's so bloody revealing so i've employed myself with my flaws and all with all of the things that um need changing and i don't want to over promise and under deliver i don't want to start something and not finish it so i've given myself this new project that i'll tell you about in a few um more episodes um, you know, like once I've really grasped it, um, and 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 so far so good. I've I've learned a new skill, and I am using it. And it was uncomfortable. Um, I ha- you know I had to to like move house for a bit. Um, I had to spend money. Um, I had to put myself out there and be with people that. You know. Um, have more than me and who like know more than me and who are more experienced and they always say if you're in a room of people that you um are exactly alike or that you can't learn from then you're in the wrong room isn't it so that was that was good and that was also me trying to tick a box off of of my own cv to say well do you know what i i i can finish something but in alignment with that that start stopping thing is when I over promise and under deliver. Anyway, do yourself a CV. I feel like saying happy new year, happy Valentine's, happy spring, you know, like happy Mercury's gone direct. I just, it's been such a long time. Um, but especially with Mercury uh, being in retrograde, um, that felt really uphill. It felt really uphill. It felt like um, I was really stagnant. Uh, it felt like a bit foggy almost. So now Mercury has gone direct and all of, all of the planets are also direct. I just feel like more, more inspired to, to give and to share and to create. So long may that continue. Although we know that it doesn't work like that in astrology. And before you know it, it'll be something else that's spinning and... Um, yeah, you know, my, you can blame it on the moon. Um, so boundaries, that, that, that kind of came up, didn't it? With that, um, with that puppy show text that I received. Um, and I think it's really important that we define our boundaries and, I believe that we should lead with love and we should lead with kindness and we shouldn't look at everybody with a side eye like everybody's got an ulterior motive because you could miss out on a true blessing. So you have to open your heart space. You have to release the pain and the baggage and the trauma 
to some degree to allow you to receive a human and what they're offering, a gift that they are offering you. That gift, it, you know, it is a bit of give and take as well. It's not just give me, give me, give me. And that leads on to my next thing about our are our expectations too high when it comes to people, men, friendships, etc. But let's start with boundaries. Because having them is the is an ultimate form of self-care. I know people think that boundaries are sorry, not boundaries. I know that people think that uh, self-care is um baths with flowers in it and a bath bomb from Lush that's likely to give you BV or yeast infection Um, or they think it's facials and massages you know it's that manicures and pedicures it's you know it's journaling it's a nice meal it's buying yourself something nice and these are all things you know that it's, 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 it's great like it's lit I'm not talking down any of those things. They're important. They're all a part of the puzzle. We need each piece of those things to contribute to our self-care. But you can't have a lack of boundaries and let people take and push and use and manipulate and violate and drain and be like an energy vampire and just have access to you, mind, body and soul and then think that you can have a bath with a lush bomb in it and all will be well. Is it well like that? And you need to be unapologetic about your boundaries and ask yourself why you struggle with having boundaries. And it can go two ways. You can have too many where you're cold and you're so shut down and that's what I was saying about your heart space you have to have find the balance and the sweet spot I you know I want friends I want a partner I want a lover what work have I got to do to let people in and maybe um be like prepared to experience love and then lose it or have experiences my good sis always tells me she's been telling me this for years and it rings true. She often needs to remind me when I get in my head so much that enjoy the moment. If he or she or that or it walks out of your life tomorrow and you no longer have that opportunity or that relationship or whatever, if that happens to you, then smile that it happened. Smile that you had that experience. Smile that you were blessed. Smile that it happened. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know you're right. I know you're right. And I've tried and I've tried. And I do do it now. It is easier said than done. So I can appreciate that, that it, you know, it sounds great. But and in practice, it isn't that easy. But you, you, you should, we should try at least to live in the moment and be like, this is great. This feels nice. Um, and not worry about if it's going to end and how long it's going to last and you know, you know, and, and if I date this man, it has to be my last man. You could really push yourself into a situation whereby he is your last because you aren't letting go, but it's a toxic, dysfunctional relationship. 
Don't be defined by that. If it expires or if it isn't working for you anymore, let it go. So boundaries are important to have, but be real with yourself. And only you can tell yourself if you are an enemy of your own progress, whereby you don't know how to implement healthy boundaries. So you just are icy cold and don't let anyone in. Or you are too free with the thing. And you end up looking older before your time and your bank balance is drained and you're stressed and you're highly strong and you don't have time to um, get thrush and BV because, sorry, you know, like from a bath bomb, obviously, um, because you're too, too like um, thinly stretched, right? So you have to be honest with yourself where you're at with your boundaries. Um, Boundaries isn't being mean. It isn't saying, yeah, of course, of course, I'm going to um, help you with that thing or whatever. And then just changing your mind and leaving that person in the lurch last minute. That happens a lot. I hear about that a lot. And I battle with this one because I think you have to have integrity with boundaries. And if you can't be bothered or if you're feeling in, in a bad mood because of a conversation that you and the person had at some point or whatever, you know, be honest, have a conversation, say, I'm really, I really want to do this for you, but I'm too tired. And I would love if I could do it, you know, tomorrow or next week or at a time that's convenient. I'm so sorry, whatever. Don't just let people down and be like, no, I'm not answering. No, I'm not going. No, I'm not doing that because I'm putting myself first because that's stink attitude. That's stink attitude. Don't, don't now come and overpromise and underdeliver. Be aware, and I do not do that, by the way. I do overpromise with like things like how many episodes I, you know um, I'm gonna do. Um and in in work, you know, I always overpromise. But when it comes to my friends and my loved ones, I if I say that I'm gonna do something with you by force and fire, I'm gonna do it. Maybe I've got to assess my bloody boundaries, and of course I do. That came up on my personal CV. That's why I'm talking to you about it. Um, so, um, it's it's wrapped up in meanness. It's wrapped up in selfishness, um, and being self-absorbed and attitude. And like, don't just let people down and say no. Sorry, I'm no, I'm 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 not doing that. And they have to be okay with it because I've just changed my mind. That's stink. Grow up. That's really immature. Learn how to not make plans when you're in a good mood because we all know that when you make plans, you know, like if you're a bit drunk, if you're happy, if all of the planets are aligned and you're just feeling like, yeah, it's payday, let's let's do this next week. I'm up like seven, I'm in a good mood. And then when it comes to it, you're like, oh my God, why, why have I, why, why have I got to do this? I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Learn how to not make plans that are not sustainable. It's as simple as that. Don't then put it onto the, onto the other person or onto the audience who are expecting you to, to like show up, you know, take responsibility, take accountability that you overpromised, and be mindful of who you were going to hurt and let down because these people are your team and your unit and it's it's why I'm speaking about communication because you know if you have and I I have done it and I'm sure I will do it in in the future as I learn this thing but it would be sis I'm really sorry 
I'm just not feeling up to it. Be honest, be open, be transparent. Don't ignore people's calls and like wrap it in ego and call it boundaries. So there are mental boundaries, emotional boundaries and physical boundaries. There's all sorts of boundaries, right? So it's really easy for you to understand a physical boundary. You know, if you're in the um, a queue, um, if you're at a checkout, even before COVID, if someone was too close to you, you are, are like looking around at them like, are you serious? What are you doing so close to me, man? Move, like free up the ting, you know? And <laughs> right, or if you're on, on a bus and somebody coughs, again, pre-COVID, you are looking back and like you're moving your neck forward and you're shuffling up your collar and you stink about it. Like, nah, man. Right. And unless it's um, a child or a friend or a like, family member or a loved one in some way, you aren't just going to let a stranger just come up and hug you. So, you know, we're really clear about our personal boundaries. We need to get clear about our mental and our emotional boundaries. Um, and I've realised in the last maybe year or so, I had a colleague once that said um, she used to plan everything out. And um, her boss said to her, can you do this now, blah, blah, blah. And, she, and her response was, I've scheduled time to think about that. It's not on my plan for today, um, but it's scheduled in for this week and I'll get back to you. And I thought, how can you say that? That's a bit silly. Like, who needs to... To um, schedule time to think, oh my God, wherever she is now, I hope she's doing great. Because I literally (laughs) needed that formula back then and I didn't even realise it. And now I use it now and it's changed my life. It's a very subtle boundary. But if I am 24-7 accessible to just all sorts of things, I spin so many plates in my life that I have to have time to do certain things to get results in, you know. So I guess it's the same as if you go for a run or if you go to the gym. You know that you go um, to the evening class. Obviously, it's closed right now because of COVID, but you know that you go to the evening class uh, three times a week. Or you know that, you know, so it's, it's scheduled time to do certain things. And it works. It absolutely works. If you're feeling frazzled, if you're feeling overstretched, if you're feeling like there's too many demands on your time and on your mental, to schedule things out to think. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds so bizarre. I've got so much going on. I've got to write letters. I've got to make phone calls. I've got to send emails. And I've got an allotted time to do so. And if that pops up at a time... It would have to be urgent and life-changing. And obviously, I've got the skills and you've got the skills to make that assessment at the time. You know, to say, um, if I don't respond to this now, is it going to be detrimental? Nine times out of ten, the answer is no. It goes back into its box and you think about it. I've been finding that, well, I found that before that, I was just too stretched thinly. I had to... I had this need that I had to like reply to all of my friends and my colleagues and my clients straight away. Straight away, this, this, this culture that we're in on like social media um, or on WhatsApp where people can see if you're online or if it's blue ticked or 
Um, if you've got a certain phone, it will say call waiting or um, if you're on Instagram, unless you've switched it off, it, it will tell you that you're online on the gram or if you've posted somewhere and then somebody's called you straight away. It's just like, oh my God, this 24 hour access, voice notes, you know, I love my life. I'm not complaining. I don't want to have any less people in my life. If anything, I want more people in my life, right? But it's, it's, it was a learning curve for me and I had to get comfortable with putting things in boxes. I love her and she knows that I love her and she knows that I'm going to get back to her message at my earliest convenience. And that isn't work speak. That isn't me being, you know, that pompous about it. Like genuinely, as soon as I can, and it's not putting her lower down in that priority, but this 24 hour access because of Snapchat and because of Instagram and because of WhatsApp timestamps and blue ticks and call waiting, you know, it's like, I need a minute. You are, I've scheduled that in for later. I have my times where, I respond to like everybody on WhatsApp, for example. Um, and I have to, and I have to allow time. I'm not that ignorant. I'm not just going to like reply and then put my phone down because, you know, like people are heavily a part of that instant culture and are more than likely about to reply instantly. So I've, I've got to allow some space to, to like go back and forth and have that conversation. You know, I've stopped apologising for how long it took because you know I'm not taking the piss. That is a mental boundary. Another example of a mental boundary is, I guess, in relationships and having somebody, um, I guess, drain your mental it's kind of linked with your emotions. So let's, let's, let's speak about that as well. Because when you like someone, uh, I guess this is more aimed at the people who are single or dating or whatever. You know, my good sis would always say she hated when a man could just change her mood just like that. And I understand exactly what she's saying. You know, like we get into these relationships, we get into these um, entanglements, we get into these situationships and these everlasting talking stages, motherfucking everlasting talking stages where nobody's comfortable to say, oh, what are we? Because if I say, what are we? I'm weak and he might reject me. Hate it. Shoot me. Um, it's, 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 It's more puppy show, more puppy show. Anyway, I'm going off track. I digress. Um, having somebody who can control your mood and your emotion, of course, it's like the heart space and it's, and you know, it's the feels and all of these good stuff, but it's also a lack of emotional boundaries. Are you expecting this person to be your happiness? Are you engaging too much in an exchange that is likely it's heading to um, a direction that is going to drain you. Um, you know, take control. Be accountable. Are you away with the fairies? Have you forsaken all of your own goals to just focus solely on this person and, and you've dropped all of your boundaries and you're just, you know, he or she is now about to complete you, you know? 
it might not feel like boundaries, but it's boundaries. So, like, boundaries on your time, boundaries on your mental, boundaries on your emotions. Very important to have some and be held accountable for if you don't and to not make it the other person's fault. And very important to not have it dressed up in meanness and I'm just going to let you down because I put myself first today. Honestly. Now... There is a bit of a science to the root of a lack of boundaries that I want to share with you quickly without getting too heavy and too deep. So the lack of mental or emotional boundaries is usually linked with something in your childhood whereby you had a slight disconnect somewhere and you felt like you wasn't heard, you wasn't seen, you wasn't acknowledged. So it's this this endless tank of giving, this endless fuel of, you know, this this just endless, just like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm available, I'm available, please, I mean, I'm going to overcompensate, have it, take it, I will, I will, I will, you know, to burnout um, is usually if you have some kind of issue with abandonment, if you have lots of siblings and you felt missed, you had a hard time in 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 school being um seen for your schoolwork grades you know so maybe now in life you have to overcompensate and just be permanently accessible to prove your worth that's where they may come from i'm not saying i'm not a doctor although i should have been um I'm not a doctor, so I'm not saying that that's the root cause of every single mental and emotional boundary, but it's a big part of it. Ask yourself, again, if you put it on your personal CV, why am I an overgiver? Why am I uh, an oversharer? Why do I put myself second? Why is it that these people, you know, will always come first? Why is it that their needs are more important than mine? Why is it that, you know... And it could be that it's your elderly gran who you are a carer for and you have to just drop everything and go to her. That's perfectly fine. It, you know, like your child, that's a no-brainer, right? But if it's, if it's a peer, a colleague, a friend, a boyfriend, come on, come on, arch yourself. Um, and again, <laughs> you know... Um, if we go back to my therapist, she will just tell you to just sit in it, have that honest conversation with yourself and just sit in it. Um, it gets a bit heavy. It gets a bit techy. And, um, I, and I want to manage this next one with the utmost sensitivity, um, and respect and love and care because some physical boundaries, a lack of physical boundaries and obviously by physical in this sense I mean sex I mean intercourse and intimacy um a lack of that is usually triggered from abuse and sexual abuse whereby it can go two ways you can have no physical boundaries whereby you are hypersexual and just let lots of different entities 
And I say entities because that's what I'm choosing to say for men and women or, or men or women rather than, you know, like making it specific to just women. Um, and, you know, that way, whereby you have lots of partners, lots of sexual partners. Um, and sometimes it could be dressed up in... Um, oh, I feel empowered. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, fuck it, man. It's for me. And this is uncomfortable for me. So I'm like, I'm not judging. I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm not trying to upset you or like draw you out. It, it is, it, it is as uncomfortable for me as it is for you hearing that. Cause it, for me, it felt like the penny dropped. There's lots of reasons why people are promiscuous as you've heard in previous um episodes but this one it hits different because it's almost like you don't know and it's not your fault if you were abused it's not your fault so now it's yet another thing that you've got to unlearn it's yet another thing that you have to forgive for when you haven't received any acknowledgement or an apology or when the abuser um, hasn't made it right. I don't know. There is no way of making it right as an abuser, but because you can't undo the act. But if you're still living in secret, in fear, and just acting as if everything's all, you know, all rosy. So the, it's particularly heavy because it's not your fault. You didn't do anything to deserve that. And it's likely that it has either left you either quite promiscuous because you haven't been taught how to have physical boundaries or they were you know stolen from you or taken from you or it can lead you to lock off and block off and close off and not be intimate at all and overthink sex and to like overthink relationships and to overthink intimacy and to you know expect your partner to make up for all of the times that you felt um, that you had been violated and they now have to prove that. So with physical boundaries, again, I'm not a doctor, but it usually stems from some kind of childhood trauma with physical abuse and you either lack them or have a complete wall up. And again, you know, like I don't have the blueprint, but the whole whole point of this is to know the root of your boundaries. And I'm sure, I am almost 100% sure that there are men and women who have not been physically abused that have a lack of physical boundaries or have too many physical boundaries so I'm not saying that it's a hard and fast rule to them I'm just telling you from a small snapshot of why you may have a lack of mental emotional physical boundaries or too many physical boundaries so that's a quick overview of where they stem from so again put that on your personal cv and ask yourself honestly and truthfully you know if you lack if you have too many 
and dig deep and do some soul searching about where they come from. And now you know you can move forward and do something about it. But having healthy boundaries, uh, boundaries that are not wrapped in ego, uh, boundaries that are not laced with competition, uh, boundaries that are not covered in attitude, boundaries that are safe and respected and respectable it will it's the highest form of self-care self-love that's you constantly reminding yourself that you matter you are important that you have needs and you are doing your best to keep on fulfilling those needs that you have employed yourself and you are the ceo you are the md you are the most important person. And yes, I can love. Yes, I can give. Yes, I can share. But this is, it's for me and this is for them. So there's a whole next conversation about (laughs) boundaries when it comes to, uh, you know, like people taking the piss (laughs) and, you know, and it being an exchange and it being a two-way and there's, it's, it's, it's a never-ending topic, but this is just a, a quick reintroduction to my good sis because it's been so long and I really wanted to just reinforce that self-care isn't just about, um, you know, hair treatments and and facials, and manis, and pedis. So, I also wanted to touch on our expectations, and I feel like the two work well together, but I will let you connect the dots. But our expectations of other people, as single people, of people in relationships, of friends, colleagues, business partners, family members, expectations and boundaries are, I think they go hand in hand. I think you need to have one to understand the other. I think you need to have one to manage the other, right? Um, but I want to talk about it because again, with uh, in our society, in our culture of this instant, like 24 hour access to people, it's like, the expectations that we have are kind of unrealistic. Where do they come from? What's happened? How dare you? <laughs> literally, literally, what, what have I done that makes you feel like you've just got like the keys to my house? My mind, body and soul, my temple, my, my abode. Like what the hell? <laughs> It, you know, it, it, it can be so invasive. And I want you to check your expectations of people. And I'm going to just make this specifically about single women, us single women. Are we keeping ourselves single with our expectations? Are we likening our, our dream man to, to some Disney movie? Are we likening our dream man to the men on Instagram, to like Russell Wilson? You know, are we likening our dream man to um, just a fantasy, basically? You know, um, 
I I had a recent conversation with my good sis about her best friend and how much of a good, thoughtful, attentive best friend she is. And she made a comment that she wanted her man to be like um, her. And at the time I said to her, I just, no, I just don't think that's right. I think you've got a best friend for a reason. And that's what she brings into your life. But your man, yeah, of course he should have, you know, kind qualities, nice qualities, you know, things that add add value to your life, of course. But ask yourself if they have to be like your best friends. Assess that. Are you going to meet guys as a gorgeous woman, you know? Are you going to meet men who you are going you are going to be modeling against your best friend who's known you for years who is the same gender as you so has that same kind of like maternal and I'm not saying all women are maternal so you know you know please don't come for me but you know she she like gets it you're similar um and a man is meant to be opposite men are from mars and women are from venus so your expectations of people, your expectations of men, and I've been checking um, my own. Again, it goes back to my personal CV. Um, I know a few episodes ago, I was encouraging my 30-somethings to not feel pressured by life and their age and society and how they, you know, uh, don't let your clock uh, um, come in. Uh, control you and make you feel like you have to have a baby straight away with like the next man that you meet and I had a bit of like like a panic in this pandemic at some point (laughs) that was a lot of peas um I had a panic whereby I was just like oh my god I'm 33 I turned 33 it was lit but it was like oh my god if I'm gonna have some children and if I'm gonna do this I've got to start to meet somebody now And, and obviously I had to like pull myself out of it and just kind of be my own coach and just be like, sort it out, Nick. Um, but in that moment, in, in, in that panic, in the pandemic, I started to look at my expectations. And we have a long list, don't we? Pages and pages worth, you know, in our new moon journals, whereby we're asking God and we're asking spirit mother and the universe for a man who is all of these things. I can reel off some stuff that is on all of your lists if you're single. Um, and it was, it's, it's just a long, wordy list. And um, after a conversation with someone, I condensed it I I think he challenged me to condense it to my top five and it was it was big it was big that I had to sit and think about oh my god five things but I did manage to do it and it helped me manage my expectations if a man is these five things is good enough I know it sounds like I'm like settling, but they're good things. They're good five things. They're strong, solid, non-negotiable five things. Whereas in some of my new moon journals, it will say things like, he can't have plaits. I mean, 
I mean, are you really going to turn away like your third love, like the love of your life? Because he's got plats. You know, he has to be financially free. Well, I'm not financially free. And maybe um, he's working on it like how I am. You know? Uh, So expectations. Check your expectations of people. If you're... If your friend doesn't answer um, the phone straight away, are you mad? Are you cussing her? Are you posting a, you know, like um, a snap about how she's this and how she's that? And yeah, how, yeah, you know, she's got time for man, but I don't have time for me. Yeah, like, um, I'm, are you doing that? Where do you get off? You've got no right. You don't have to have 24-hour access to people. You can't, ex- you can't expect... <laughs> unrealistic things or do you know what i think that word is open to interpretation of what's unrealistic or not because some people might think that my expectations are ridiculous but check your check your expectations i mean i'm i i've done the work i'm doing the work i don't believe that i've got ridiculous expectations but that's because i'm on my self-awareness journey and i'm doing the work and i'm focused on being the best version of myself the best employee. I want to be the employee of the month every month in my world, <laughs> right? So it's like, I, I'm aware that my expectations have to waver. But can I, can I be totally honest and transparent with you about this? So there's a guy that I'm talking to and he's my experiment. I'll just, I'll just put it out there. He's my experiment of these new skills that I've learned you know, this new, more self-aware Nicola, this post-therapy or in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actively in therapy Nicola. So I'm learning and I'm speaking to him, you know, we're in a talking stage, uh, which is soon to expire. So, you know, um, but we're in a talking stage and, um, I've been able to use my skills on him. So this is just a really, honest account of my experience of these this expectations thing because I feel like sometimes you can go too far and you don't have any expectations and you just are taking each day as it comes and you have lowered the bar so you won't be disappointed you've lowered the bar so you won't be disappointed um, and you don't come across too pushy or too needy or too vulnerable. You know, Jesus Christ, can you imagine if you're too open and too vulnerable, like you, you'll just melt on the spot like the Wicked Witch um, from the West, from the Wizard of Oz. That, that was a lot of whizzes and Ozzes. But yeah. Like, you literally will just turn green and melt and just have a little pointy hat with the amount of discomfort you feel from being vulnerable. So, God forbid. But I personally... I've not lowered my standard with him as a person. Um, That's not what I'm saying. I've lowered my expectations in while I'm trying to learn to manage expectations. And I have a lot of conversation with my good sisters about if I'm doing too much. 
And they've had to keep me on check, like, no, you've got a right to ask that or say that or do that. So, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not winning at life, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm on the journey with you. Um, because there's times that I'm like, no, I'm not going to say anything because I think that it's going to... And, and I pissed myself off the other day. I'll keep it 100. I pissed myself off and I had a... And I had a realisation that because we're not in a relationship and because we're not exclusive and because we're not any of that, I um, kept saying to my good sis that, you know, I think it might come when he... Um, you know, like, once we become exclusive. And I was like, am I a dickhead? Am I the biggest dickhead on the block? Like, am I sitting here accepting less, not having expectations because in the past I've had too many and I'm trying to take some kind of accountability that perhaps my expectation pushed them away. And obviously, if they pushed them away, he wasn't the man for me and that's fine, there's no man I want back, no ex I want back, no link, no nothing I want back, I promise you, right, I could get them back, I don't want them, so I'm not out here thinking, oh my god, my past behaviours really left me in this, like, position, no, 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 I'm just thinking how to do better going forward, so where I can see that my ex, he didn't have it, and by it, I mean everything, you name it, <laughs> he didn't have it. And my expectations of him were huge. The pressure I applied to make sure he met my expectations rather than just walking away and like shaking his hand and saying, thank you, mate, I'll see you next time. Like, in, you know, like in like another life, you didn't get the job. Thanks for applying. Instead of doing that, I kept on ramming my expectations down his throat. Have it, take it, do this be this, I need this, I was younger, and wherever he is, I'm sorry that I put you under that kind of pressure, because clearly, I take accountability, you did not have the capacity to do that, you couldn't even take care of yourself, you couldn't even cream your skin, bruv, what the fuck did I expect, right, actually for life, um, so now, you know, I'm in therapy and like self-awareness and I had like a bit of a break from, from uh, the menses and I've got this talking stage going on. I'm a bit apprehensive. I'm on eggshells a bit. I'm like, oh, I want to see maybe after we become exclusive, he might start doing this. And I just thought you're doing too much. You've, you have minimised your expectations so much that, you're, that you are living small and you're living unhappy. And I've got to ask myself, is it because I, I, I feel pressured by my age and I just want to um, have someone or I want to just make it work and maybe I'm the problem, so like, I'll play small. And in the past, I've been super, you know, like quite full on, so let me scale it back a bit. It's all of that. I've had all of those thoughts. So just like boundaries... It's a fucking balance. And I'm not and I'm not a representation of the Libra scales right now. I'm not. I am absolutely not. I am off. I am a Libra scale in a fucking Scorpio season. The complete like I'm not balanced. Okay, I'm off. Um because 
my expectations are almost like, yeah, you know, you know, we talk, he calls. And that's probably why he thinks he can send me messages like that, like what I just got at the start of this recording. (laughs) Puppy show. Being taken for puppy show. Whereby you can just say to me, "Uh, yeah, I fell asleep. And no, you fucking didn't. Fuck off. (laughs) Okay? No, you didn't. I fell asleep how? I fell asleep where? Um, so my lack of expectation may also be minimizing my true light and my true potential that is, and my true light personality actually scrapped that, um, last P about potential, just, it, it could be really minimizing myself. So he's out here thinking that he can chat that shit to me. He can take me for puppy show because I'm more passive I'm more relaxed. I'm more laid back. I'm taking every day as it comes. I've not been too forceful with the expectations. So balance, sis. And bro, because I know I've got some male listeners. Balance. Don't drop every expectation. Find a sweet spot. So I thank him for being my um, post-therapy self-awareness person. Because I've realised I've got some new soft skills and lots that still need work. So I appreciate him. Um, And he's not a bad guy. You know, I know that I did that whole cruff analogy and all of that at the beginning. I'm not calling him a cruff for one minute because if I'm speaking to a cruff, then surely I'm a cruff, no? So that's not what I'm doing. Um, That was just a bit of bants. Um, But it's it's just me being honest with you about, you know, I, I think I've mastered boundaries. I think I'm quite clear cut about boundaries and I can see a very big difference in my happiness and my mental and my emotional health where boundaries are concerned but expectations of people so if we move now out of of dating expectations of friends and family you know and it's hard to not take shit personal when people don't support you when people don't big you up when people can only see that criticism in what you're doing it's like why do I expect them to clap for me if they can't see it, they can't see it. That's okay. Why do I expect people to, you know, and, and usually it's the people that are closest to you that have the most criticism. Hmm, I like that, but do it better. Or like, do it like this or do it like that. And you're just like, shut the fuck up. I'm doing it like this. Why is a stranger? Why are they coming up to me and saying that was great? Or I love how that looked or likes on Instagram or comments on Instagram or whatever it may be. But yet my nearest and dearest that you would expect that from aren't saying a word. They are staying silent and they're acting like they're Ray Charles to the bullshit or or to the wins or to the successes or to the new venture or whatever it is. Ray Charles. Um, and then um, are more likely to, if they aren't Ray Charles, it's, hmm, I think you should do it like this. Okay, well, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? You do it for yourself in the way that you want it to be done and just clap for me and celebrate for me. But I've got to get comfortable with, it doesn't mean that I'm loved any less. It's just my expectations. So expectations, again, it's a big one. And I've only just touched on it to not push this whole episode into several, several hours. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm on my walk with expectations right now. And um, I think old Nicola 
would end this talking stage abruptly. Like, you know what? I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. Uh, I've realised a few things that you can't deliver and you can't give to me. So, off with your head. See you later. Bye. Take care. All the best. Blocker, blocker, blocker. That's, that's what I would have done. Um, and it still feels so fucking comfortable there. Let me tell you that, like, it just feels so good. If I, I had somebody come back from last year who absolutely had a bee in their bonnet about something I did back in, like, I don't know, some month, I don't know, October, November time. Um, he came back very recently just to offload about how upset he was that I did that. And I thought, huh, so it works. That whole, like, bye, see you later, or, you know, gone, just like a teeth in the night, missing. It keeps them thinking about what they did and their part and whatever. And I don't know, maybe it's my little toxic trait, whereas I, I don't feel like if, if you're a cruff that you deserve any closure from me. Those long messages and those long essays and long phone calls and heart... To, mm-mm, I don't need to explain myself to you like that. Blocker, blocker, blocker. Um, and it leaves you thinking about what you had and what you lost and how you fucked it up. And bye, I'll see you later, sayonara, all the best. But yeah, I didn't change my number or anything and I did block him, but he came back on like another number and he fucking found me. Um, just to tell me how he missed my company and all of this stuff, but also still tried to prove his point all these months later. So as comfortable as it feels to just be like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, fine. It was fun. Thanks for everything. Bye. See you later. And, um, and what's the word I'm looking for? Not avoid. And, um, oh, what's the word when you kind of like punish yourself or you stop yourself in a way from experiencing, um, a, a, like connection or happiness? I think it's deprive, deprive, deprive myself. So the new Nicola, rather than depriving herself of herself myself rather than depriving myself of um a, that possible lasting connection maybe I should open up my heart chakra a bit and my heart space and just be like you're not really meeting my expectations babe I don't have that many of you because I'm currently undergoing a revamp of what uh these expectations should be on other people's lives however I feel like I just feel like there's a bit missed in there. I feel like I need more. So, and list what the more is and blah, blah, blah. It's very conflicting because old Nicola would be like, you shouldn't have to explain to somebody what you need. And new Nicola's like, but you have to respect differences. And you have to respect how people communicate, how people love how people conduct themselves. Not everybody is like you. You know, it could be down to, use him for example, it could be down to um, how he loves. Is he an axe, a words, a touch, a time, a gifts man? And, you know, I'm all five, so that makes it tricky for any man. 
to like get it right. So maybe he's two of the five and I need to work with him. And because he's into me, he would be willing to be more flexible. That's what, you see, that's what my therapist would say. She lives rent-free in my head. Um, I don't know if it's rent-free because she costs me money every month, but, you know. Um, she's in my head. All the time. Um, and maybe that's what, um, well, that is a massive benefit of, of, like, therapy, actually. Like, you sense-check yourself all the time before you speak, act, do things, if you're PMSing, if you're a bit extra testy because something's happened, whatever, you just do a quick risk assessment. That's what having therapy has really helped me to, to do. So rather than this blocker, 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 I'm wondering, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of just like stepping out and just being like, you know, and, you know, because he's my first um, guy who's different after starting therapy, um, maybe it's worth doing because as I said, I, I've, I've been, I've been practicing my soft skills on him. So maybe it's worth doing, but I'm not going to lie to you. Super comfortable to say, yeah, right. See you there. All the best. Yeah. And have some expectation that a man who ticks every box, not just condensed into my top five, but every box and he, how he communicates with me, how he does this, how he does that is perfectly compatible. Maybe that's what I do because that's old me um and she still exists uh so I'll let you know (laughs) I'll let you know at some point once I once I do it and get my head around it um and you know the outcome and all the rest of it and maybe it's fear maybe it's fear that I do it and he says all right bye see you later and then you're like oh ouch but at the same time, I'm not just going to sit and um, stay unhappy and not have my expectations met. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I I am my own employee. So therefore, I've employed myself. How can I not be getting my expectations met? Am I stupid? You can hear the battle. You can hear the internal battle. Um, one last thing on that <laughs> and this internal battle. So... You have all heard, and if you haven't all heard, you're about to hear about the three major loves that they say, they being the scientists and the researchers and the psychologists, say that uh, you have in your life. So in your lifetime, you have three loves, apparently. So you have your first love, which is like your high school puppy love and your crush. And, you know, you think that you are going to get married and you'll be together forever and you think so romantically about things and it's just so sweet and sickly sweet and you just want to be hugging at the bus stop all the time and that ends and you don't know why for some stupid reason I don't know maybe college uni just whatever you're just like oh it's no hard feelings I definitely had one of those um and then your second love is just drama it's dysfunctional, it's toxic, it, it's so painful, it breaks your heart into a million pieces and it teaches you everything that you do not want in love and it changes you and it, it defines and it redefines you as a woman, like you, you know, and I guess as a man as well, you're, you're born after that, you're born after that, you're like, oh, 
okay, I've had to destroy to rebuild. Um, that was hard. What do I want now? Most people usually have like a good few years single after that and they travel and they, and they cut their hair and they do something and they do something radical and they start a business and they change their job and they move country, whatever it is, because they are, they cannot associate with that toxicity and dysfunction anymore. Heaven forbid you have a child in that situation in which you've got this permanent reminder of your second love um, and it will be even harder to um, break free from the chains and the shackles of that heartbreak because you have to co-parent or you you know you have some stinking motherfucker who wants to be telling you um to be to be putting uh demands on your time because he is the father or thinks that he's got these unrealistic expectations anyway so that's your second love and then your third because you know you've been living your best life after that disgusting second might i add I was stuck on stupid. I was stuck on number two for a long time. So I really want to challenge this theory because obviously it's made me look back and be like, hmm, have I had more than one second love or was I just stupid? But it felt like I was just in like a repeated cycle. I was in a hamster wheel of that second love pain. Anyway, so um, with more than one man, like, you know, I had an ex and then an ex and then an ex and it was like just the same fucking shit. Anyway, so I got out of that. Um, I managed to escape. I started the work and some self-reflection and yada yada. Like, you know how it goes. And then after the terrible second love experience, you know, you're living your best life and you look amazing and you're earning money and you're happier and no one can tell you nothing. And in the words of Kanye, you cannot give me any advice. And you're just the best. And you're just really enjoying. Um, and then you meet somebody out of the blue who, is, who doesn't look like what you thought or who you would end up with. He, it's just easy and it just flows and you just click and you both want the same thing. And it's not an uphill struggle with dating and it's not endless, you know, um, failed dates and missed calls and... And like table tennis with um, calls and things like that. It's just easy and effortless. And they often come in to show you all that you need, not just what you want. Obviously, what you want is... And at that point, you might not even be too sure about what you want. You're open to possibilities because you're absolutely clear about what you do not want after that last experience. But this third person comes in to absolutely change your life um, and change your mind about love. And he sweeps you up at a time whereby, or she sweeps you up, no. He sweeps you up at a time where um, you least expected it and you just wasn't sure that it was ever going to happen that way. And you was like, oh my God, you don't look how I thought, this isn't who I thought I would end up with, but I am so happy it feels so right. Obviously, if you've never had a boyfriend, if you've never had a heartbreak, if you never had a puppy love, I don't want you to think that you have to go through all of those stages. You know, if you are 30, don't look, seek out a puppy love just to start the process, right? It's just a theory in science, in that psychology, as I said, 
um, whereby they say that that is like the natural pattern of life. And I am open to my third love now. I'm on my journey and I'm open for it. And again, full disclosure, maybe being a bit transparent. At times, I feel like I may have met my third love and then I get stupid, stupid uh, uh, texts like that where I'm like, nope, it, um, it can't be you, sorry. And I don't know if that's old Nicola or new healing Nicola or scared Nicola, fearful Nicola, whatever. As I said, I was stuck on stupid for a long time with three different uh, number twos. So, but just how I met him and how easy and how effortless it was. And it was actually the plot twist of 2020. It was the plot twist of 2020. Like that year was full of motherfuckers. Obviously it was COVID and it was a lockdown and it was online dating and it was, it, you know, and it, it, it was referrals. It was just nonsense. Um, and I learned so much that year. And I, as we were approaching the end, I just decided that is a no from me. I'm not dating. I'm not sexing. I'm not talking to, I'm not interested, I'm on my shit. And I was out, it was illegal, I wasn't supposed to be out. I was out at the end um, of the year and I met this person and it was easy and it was effortless and it was old school, like uh, uh, um, seven hour phone calls um, and long walks because obviously we couldn't date you know, like properly. And it was just like, wow, this feels so easy. This feels so effortless. He doesn't look or I don't, you know, I didn't think he would be who I would end up with, but I'll, you know, but I'd have him. Like, it feels so good. That's obviously how it was in the beginning. Obviously, like now I'm getting texts that make me roll my eyes. But um, I'm very open to my third love. Why did I go into all of that? I don't know. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I completely forgot the point. Um, I think I just wanted to um, share with you my my like plot twist of like twenty twenty and I, and how happy um, I I I actually ended the year after having you know you know um, I was out and I was enjoying and I wasn't looking man and I met this person and it was just like oh hello this is different. Um, and what, two months later, three months later, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Let's uh, see if these psychologists are going to get it right about this third love thing. Um, I'm most definitely, it's definitely not um, a second love, but my eggshell behaviour around my expectations is going to make or break it. So I owe you an update. I'll give you an update, loves. Thanks for rocking with me. My um, episodes after I've been gone for a long time, always, always exceed an hour. So if you've made it this far, you're a real one. I love you long time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining in. Take care. Have a good week ahead. Have a fantastic March. And um, I will be back. I will be back. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to um, overpromise and underdeliver. You're finna hear from me. All right, message me. My good underscore sis. Stay 
tuned in and just keep me updated. Love you. Bye.